It's the Thanksgiving weekend, and hopefully you're spending time with family and friends. But if not, please consider yourself a part of the Bad Crypto family. And we've got a special gift for you. We're excited to welcome a crypto chick to the show. Naomi Brockwell, known as Bitcoin Girl, will be joining us for an epic conversation on blockchain, freedom, and what Australians really think when we say, Put another shrimp on the bobby. It's all the super peachy swell fun you'd expect from yet another show featuring the blockchain blockheads. That's us. Welcome to episode number 54 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Travis, my friend, I am so stuffed with turkey and stuffing and twice-baked potatoes and desserts and tryptophan, right? Pumpkin pie. Uh, Yeah, for me, Thanksgiving's always in Chicago with my extended family. How about you? Uh, You know what? Mine is always in Missouri. Uh, Butler, Missouri is where my family lives. That is where I grew up in a small town of 4,100 people. I just want to say this year, Mr. Joel Com, I am very grateful for you. Thank you for being so awesome. Well, ditto, my friend. This has been a great ride, and I think the best is yet to come. And, of course, we're thankful for all of you, our listeners from the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. We're glad you're here. Now we are heard in 171 countries around the world, and eventually we're going to get them all. And they're all here listening to us talk about magical internet money. Let's give a quick shout out to our show sponsor for this month. It's the Zilla app. By now, hopefully you guys have gone to zla.io forward slash bad and pre-registered for the beta app, the Zilla app. This is the app that's going to allow you to peruse various ICOs, check them out on your smartphone, vote them up, vote them down, whatever you like, and where allowable by law, you'll be able to participate in purchasing some of these tokens with one little tap on your device. So go pre-register now for the limited Zilla beta app at zla.io forward slash bad. And, of course, uh, as usual, we have mail. Bad Rift voicemail. You have one new message. Hey, Joel. Hey, Travis. This is Kevin from San Jose. Uh, just wanted, just finished listening to your Bitcoin Cash Explodifies episode. And got a question for you. Where does uh, Bitcoin Cash get accepted? Because I know Bitcoin gets accepted some places, but what about Bitcoin Cash? Well, stay back, guys. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Love hearing from you and from anybody that wants to call the Bad Crypto hotline at 708-885-9030. And honestly, I'm not aware of anywhere that you can spend Bitcoin cash yet. Are you, Travis? Uh, The only place I know that you can spend Bitcoin cash is uh, on a cryptocurrency exchange to, you know, sell it for Bitcoin. Yeah, so there is. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can spend uh, Bitcoin now. There's a lot of merchants that take it, you know, online, offline. There's a lot of things you can buy. But Bitcoin Cash truly is nothing more than a store of wealth at the moment. 
there's just there's nothing to my knowledge that you can do with it. And we'll see if that changes. If they're able to have some people, you know, adopt it, then uh, maybe it can go somewhere. But uh, until then, I think Bitcoin is still ducking. Hey, this is James Alditer. You're listening to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Stay bad. On most episodes, we would have news here, but this is the holiday season, and uh, we know you want to spend more time with your family, so we're going to shorten this up here a little bit because, you know what, we're going straight to dessert in this episode because we have such an amazing guest with us today. We have Naomi Brockwell, who is known as Bitcoin Girl, right? Uh, and she is uh, talented. She's smart. She's beautiful. Checks all the boxes. You guys are really going to enjoy this interview and stick around because you're going to get to hear the Bitcoin Girl song as well. So let's go to the feature. Travis, I'm about to bust out into song. You know why? I do know why. Because we got a crypto chick in the house, not just any crypto chick. It's the Bitcoin girl. Oh, 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 and she's an Aussie. She comes from a land down under, and she is all about that crypto. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, Naomi. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. We're delighted to have you. So you're an Aussie Austrian economics evangelist. Wow. Damn straight, yeah. It's damn that- straight Skippy, just for, <laughs> Sorry, fu- yeah, for right. future reference. I didn't know if you spoke Australian, so I didn't want to use too much lingo. Oh, I put a shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> We, that's okay. a no, and we know yeah, that's, that's a knife. We know that. We know that. Let's let's start with this. We don't call them. Uh, listen, but they're prawns. They're prawns. So shrimp on the Barbie is the most ridiculous thing I've yes, ever heard. It's the prawn on the Barbie. Whatever. That's that's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh boy! It's not a shrimp. That's a prawn. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. <laughs> is that a prawn? Or are you just happy? This? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> She also does other stuff. She is an associate producer at Fox Business Network, Fox News Channel. Previously, previously, the current producer for John Stossel. Okay, you you produce for John. Okay, great. So you contribute to Reason TV. You do other stuff too, and you're involved in a number of projects. and, And you are known in the crypto world because of the Bitcoin Girl video, which kind of launched things. Am I, am I right? Is that how it all got started? Sort of, sort of. So I actually started making videos about Bitcoin like 2012 and uh, it was more interviews, people early on in the space. And then I made the video because I was already calling myself Bitcoin girl. I, I called myself Bitcoin girl because it wasn't taken. And I was like, all right, I'll be that. And uh, now it's <laughs> kind of like to much to my chagrin uh, has stuck. And so now I'll go to like professional conferences and things. And I'll be like, oh, well, I'm a serious television producer and serious film producer. And they'll be like, it's Bitcoin girl. I'm like, oh, okay. Listen, (laughs) you didn't invent the iFart app, you know, (laughs) I'm carrying that one around with me everywhere I go. That's a thing? Yeah. Oh, it was a big thing. It was. That's your claim to fame. Well, no, that's a claim to fame. Well, all the other claims to fame are equally on par with that, I'm guessing. Oh, they're all very gaseous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I do is explosive. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awkward silence. Okay, yeah. so you got started in, in Bitcoin in 2012. That's like, that's really early. So you must have scooped up some cheap. I bought for the first time in 2013. And I started off by trading futures in Bitcoin because my housemates were. And this is basically how it would work because they knew a lot about crypto. They set me up with an account and so I'd be, be trading and stuff. And they would be in the upstairs room and I'd be downstairs and I, I'd say, oh my gosh, look at the price. It's just going up. This is awesome. You know, I'm going to buy some more. And then I'd hear them say, well, time to sell. And then they sell and then it'll be crashing and, and it get right down. You know, it's, it's I, I couldn't see the, the end of it. And I'm like, oh my God, this is just crashing. It's going to go to, I'm, I'm, I'm selling. And then I'd hear, oh, time to buy. So it's fair to say I lost some money uh, learning to trade futures in Bitcoin. I was not the best at it. And I also discovered for the first time what a margin call was when that happened. It's not good to learn on the job for that sort of thing. Um, but, but there you go. That was my exposure to Bitcoin. Bitcoin right at the start. So that was a nice, that was a nice explosive beginning to your journey, it sounds. It, it was. And uh, I mean, I fell in love with Bitcoin, not because they offered futures, obviously. I fell in love with it because of the philosophy underneath it. I love the idea of a decentralized currency. I love the idea that currency doesn't have to be inflationary, that you don't have to lose 2% of your savings a year, that you don't have to get permission from a bank or a government to spend your money where you want. You want to give to WikiLeaks, it's fine. You send them some Bitcoin. Like I just love that idea of empowerment that comes along with this decentralized ethos. And uh, that just threw me right into the crypto scene. So, Oh, preach it, Bitcoin girl. Preach it, girl. (laughs) We we like to call it magical internet money or magical internet money you guys are so musical there's so much singing on this show so the video what inspired the now world famous video that forever typecast you as bitcoin girl Billy Joel, of course. Yeah. I mean, doesn't he inspire all of us? So it just seemed like something that needed to be made. And so I actually was working for a film organization at the time. And uh, and I went out and I filmed this video and they put it on their website and it just kind of grew from there. And then I did a bunch of things. Like I've done a bunch of Taylor Swift covers <laughs> as well, uh, because I feel like Taylor really never addressed that niche market of people who like cryptocurrency uh, and uh, cryptography and like her music, which I'm sure is a huge overlap consisting of me and possibly one other person. And so I thought, well, I'll make videos addressing those two people in the market. And that's where we are uh, with that. Yeah, you did a uh, a parody of her Everything Has Changed song. I did that. Yeah, and I did Look What You Made Me Do. So it's like the idea of, honey, I rose up from the dead. I do it all the time. Because like, everyone say, oh, Bitcoin's dead again. Oh, RIP Bitcoin. Krugman's like, oh, Bitcoin. It was never a thing. It's dead. Lower. And it's like, you know, what is it right now? $8,000. It's, you know, so it just kind of seemed like it would fit. And it meant that I got to dress up in cool costumes and dance. So that's always fun. As well, well let's, let's get your facts straight. It's eight thousand two hundred sixty-three dollars right now. Right. No, no, no. It's ten thousand dollars in Australia. <laughs> That's right. But I mean, why are we judging it by dirty fiat? You know, it is what it is. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, I actually just read a book. I flew back from London yesterday, and I read this book called The Everything Bubble. 
and it was talking about how fiat currency, fiat currency, and the whole Federal Reserve banking system, and how inflationary that it's been, and when they took it off the gold standard, and and it basically was talking about all of how where we are now, and then how they've now put all the treasury notes and the bonds and the bills all in this one big huge asset bubble along with the housing bubble and the stock market bubble. And now, and eventually they're going to get to the point where it's like, well, it's going to be teetering. It's on the verge of bursting. And then they're going to end up going down to negative interest rates. Like Japan. Oh God. Kind of like Japan has done, how Cyprus had, had done and some of these other countries have done. And then once that happens, it's going to cost you money to keep your money in the bank. It's like an anti- Who's going to do that? I mean, they savings. don't even keep your money safe. Like, they, they don't keep your money safe. They don't keep your information safe. And yet we're going to pay for that privilege for them to leak out personal information as, as JP Morgan gets hacked once again. You know, people are just going to be flocking to cryptocurrency at that stage because people aren't going to pay for this crummy service. Either that or the banks are going to have to lift their game. So either way, it's going to be a win-win situation now that we have choices in the market. We have alternative currencies. It's only a good thing. Speaking of JP Morgan, we covered a story recently that their Swiss branch had just been uh, found guilty of money laundering. (laughs) Uh, Who knew? Oh gosh, JP Morgan. Okay. So you are actually, you know, in, in all the episodes we've done, we've been at this four months with many, many episodes already recently celebrated our 50th official episode. Although we've done more than that because we can't count because we're bad. But you're the first crypto chick. Why is there such a shortage of women in this space? I like it. <laughs> but I then again, I'm kind of weird. So, um, <laughs> you know, there are lots of crypto chicks in the space. I think you guys haven't been trying hard enough. Like you look at any industry, there's always going to be a skew. My background was in classical music and acting, and there was a huge skew of women. You know, there weren't as many men in that. Acting. Acting, opera. A thespian, Um, master thespian. It makes sense that people are interested in different things. More women were interested in opera. More men seem to be interested in cryptography and crypto. That doesn't mean that it has to be that way. And I know there are lots of people who are trying to get more women involved and sort of figuring out like what are they interested in? And of course, you can't stereotype all women either. Um, some of my closest friends, they're involved in in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, and they're doing amazing things. So it, it really just, yeah, it's, uh, I think to get mainstream adoption from women, maybe you just have to figure out how to reach out to them and what, what things are they interested in and uh, what can Bitcoin offer them. Yeah, we hit our audience and we, we're actually looking at the data. We actually, I did some deep analysis on anyone who has used any hashtag on Twitter around anything around cryptocurrency. And it's 84% dudes, 16% women, which that's, right. it's a huge skew. And then when you look at, you know, overall, you know, women are a huge financial force. They're the ones who make a lot of the big financial decisions within many households, right? Right, so, right. There's got to be that hook. That's, there's got to be some hook that gets the ladies interested in the crypto. Maybe maybe it's when coach starts accepting Bitcoin or something. Or a Gucci. <laughs> well, I mean, there's so many awesome projects going on that are trying to help lots of people. And women, I mean, I don't mean to generalize, but they tend to be more empathetic than men. Uh, So maybe it's those social applications of blockchain that are really going to draw women into mainstream interest into, into blockchain and Bitcoin. 
Where do you think we are in the timeline? Uh, you know, I was, uh, I built my first website 22 years ago. It was 1995. And, and when wow. that happened, it was, it was pioneering. It was, you know, the web technology had actually existed in some form for 15 years, but two years earlier, we got our first, you know, graphical browser. And so I was still there at the beginning. So where compared to that, where do you think we are with Bitcoin and crypto? It's a good question. I think that the the thing about Bitcoin and the reason why it first became popular is because it's decentralized. And that was the main benefit of it. So if you have something that's decentralized, it means that you have to take care of your security of your coins. You have to take care of, of, um, of, of sending it from your wallet, which you hold the, the keys to. Like it's, it's, it, it's a cumbersome process, you know, but you're paying for it in manpower. You're paying for the ability to have financial autonomy. Now, Bitcoin now is becoming more mainstream. And so you have all of these third-party platforms coming up. Um, you have institutions like Coinbase that sort of operate like a bank. They hold your keys they hold your money and it, we've entered back into this kind of permission system rather than the permissionless system we had prior. So I think that it's been slow to develop applications that are easy for most people to use because people wanted the decentralized nature of it. They wanted, um, they, they didn't want third parties to come in and make it easier because then third parties would provide a focal point for governments to shut this down, etc. But now that's changing and you see a lot of applications, um, third party applications that are trying to make things easier, trying to make it like as easy as sending an email where you just click and you hear the whoosh sound and it's very easy, you know. Prior to so that sort of email application, people didn't know how to send emails. It was cumbersome. It was clunky. You only had uh, intellectual tech geeks who, who could figure it out. And that's sort of where we are now. We've got very smart people who understand how this works. We have companies who are trying to encourage mainstream adoption and create platforms to make it easier for everyone. You have seen some resistance to making it easier because a lot of people don't want to use these third-party platforms. But then there's a whole new market out there that hasn't yet been exploited that want these third-party applications. They want to get involved with Bitcoin. And so I think we're right at the beginning. We're right at the beginning of seeing it just completely blossom because there's an entire untapped market out there. I'm curious about the Australian market because actually Australia is the second largest country of bad crypto listeners, right? So the United <laughs> States, we have the most. Second is Australia. So they love, they love the bad crypto. I think it's Joel's deep voice and dulcet tones. That's that they, it. That's they, probably they resonate, it. They resonate. They'd resonate. That so what? <laughs> what is the status of of crypto there in Australia? What are some of the things that you're seeing? What are the trends? And then we also had Power Ledger, which is one of the top uh, Australian um, you know cryptocurrencies that just recently came out. We had them on the show, and now they're. They're tearing up. So what's kind of the state of the union out there in Australia, mate? Your guess is as good as mine. I've lived in New York for seven years now. And so when I go home, I do chat to people and try to figure out the scene. In January, I visited ManCal, which is an economic education foundation that I'm on the advisory board of. I did some interviews there, chatted to people about like, what's the scene like? I mean, it seems like there aren't that many crypto-based startups. The, the the startups that do exist don't seem to be involved in cryptocurrency. They seem to be involved in blockchain technology and sort of applying blockchain to energy or uh, other things. It, I really do think that, that Australia 
is, I mean, again, there's a huge untapped market there as well because it hasn't really taken off yet. But one thing is interesting. So, you know, I've been talking about this since about 2012 and for however many years that is, people back home have been like, Naomi, what is she doing over in New York? She's so weird. She's talking about these crazy things. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I'll chat to my grandmother and she'll be like, what are you doing over there? And I'll be like, oh, well, I went to this Bitcoin conference. She's like, what? Coin? What are you talking about? And um, she doesn't really speak like that. She's actually very eloquent, but it gets the message across. And anyway, in the last year, Every time I call home to talk to her, she's 90, uh, she's 92, keep in mind. And now when I call her, she's like, oh, Naomi. Um, so actually on the news the other night, they had another thing about Bitcoin. Did you know the price is really going up right now? And, and China, they, the, the adoption in China is just a, <laughs> people there really like it. And, and she's keeping me updated with Bitcoin now. Very so, nice. Maybe, now- maybe you should set up Bitcoin granny. <laughs> Exactly. So now that my 92-year-old grandmother in Australia is taking an interest and talking to me about it when I call home, I think that that's a sign that people are really starting to notice it now in Australia. (laughs) You've arrived. You know that you've arrived. By the way, Travis, looking at Power Ledger as of this recording has hit 70 cents and uh, continues to moon. So pretty exciting for, uh, for the friends in Australia. Really successful ICO putting peer to peer power on uh, on the grid there will be fun to watch that. So Naomi, what are you personally most excited about right now? Because there's a lot happening in the blockchain space. But is it a personal project you're working on? Mm-hmm. Is it an ICO you're involved in, or a technology that just is making all of your synapses fire? Gosh, there there are so many things I'm excited about. The first thing that comes to mind is the Hard Fork series. So a little while ago, so well, about just over a year ago, I signed up for Steemit and it was this new platform and people kind of sold it as like, oh, it's Reddit, but you earn money if people upvote you. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. So I signed up a year ago, didn't do anything with my account. And then a couple of months ago, I started a Patreon account for my web show that I do, which is about Bitcoin and uh and other other tech and i posted on twitter i was like so i'm doing this patreon thing i'm thinking of exploring it what are your thoughts and all these people responded were like actually use steam it it's like patreon 10.0 and i was like oh that's right i have a steam it account you know happening there somewhere so i got back in there and i've been using steam it and it's been amazing. Like it's been really amazing. The, the, the as soon as you it, 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 as soon as you introduce incentive structures into people's online behavior, it's dramatic how much it changes. And the fact that I can put up posts that actually earn me money is absolutely amazing, you know? And one of the projects I discovered on Steemit, I was just, you know, hunting around, reading people's content, and there was this hard fork series. They were billing it as a crypto a crypto noir thriller. And I was like, that is a fascinating uh, <laughs> name and uh, awesome as well. Crypto noir thriller. Doesn't that sound awesome? And so uh, I was like, what is this? And I want to be involved. And so I wrote to them and they said, oh, funny that you would write to us. We're actually just about to reach out to you to get you involved. And I was like, this wow. is amazing. So it's like film production and crypto combined. So obviously I was going to get involved with this. And so I've been 
working on that recently and the director is awesome we the cast is really cool so we've just been doing uh some pre-production for like getting trailers and things going uh put together a really cool trailer at the moment the director doug carr is awesome with all of his cg and the the actors like we've got uh christopher james baker who was just in ozark we've got um like it's people who've just come off billions and just come off madam secretary and like really really great people in this project so we um i'm a producer on it and i'm an actor in it we've shot some scenes uh one of my scenes was was very fun i'm kind of like this hologram uh hologram character in this world where you have this totalitarian regime that has implemented a, a cryptocurrency that is basically worthless, the Liberty Dollar. Uh, doesn't that sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's sort of like uh, a warning of what happens when you make the government anonymous and there's no longer accountability and suddenly you have this decentralised faction rising up to take back power. And that's what this series is about and it explores blockchain, it explores crypt- cryptocurrency. Um, oh. It's going to be huge. And is just, it going to be on like Netflix or is well, it going to be a, plan, you know, yeah. so, um, a series, not just a movie? And, exactly. It's, a, it's uh-huh. a series and it's been really fun to work on so far. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be a big, big project for next year. That's going to be something right there. If that gets on, the sh- on a channel like Netflix, that's going to be another thing that can just help the masses really understand what's going on with this whole crypto magical internet money thing. Yeah. <laughs> magical internet money. Yeah, and so um, you should have <laughs> you should have um, uh, Doug Carr, the director, on to, to chat about it because it really is exciting. You know, I feel like I haven't done it justice talking about it because it's just a really cool project. When, when's it going to um, come out? Well, at the moment, I mean, the, the aim is to go into production next year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, these things are unpredictable sometimes with film production, but that is the plan currently, and we've already made tremendous strides in getting that to happen. So it seems like next year you'll, you'll see something come out. Media um, is a great way to move uh, awareness into the mainstream. And of yeah. course, uh, later this month, uh, for those that are hearing prior to November 30th, that horrible sitcom Big Bang Theory is doing an episode that's allegedly all around Bitcoin. So I might have to hold my nose and <laughs> and watch um, the, the, that thing just to see how they manage it. But it is going to expose the idea of Bitcoin to a lot of people. Well, also, um, it's interesting. I mean, the idea of getting the series out is to claim the narrative to start off with because you are going to get a lot of disinformation. That's what's happened as soon as Bitcoin was a thing. You know, what did the media say? They said that it was filled with criminals and drug dens and money launderers and there was nothing good about it and it's going to die. And where are we now? We see it changing people's lives in Venezuela. We see it changing people's lives in places where, you know, they can't get access to bank accounts. And to see the mainstream media in the film industry start to take on fictional works about Bitcoin, it'll be interesting to see which direction the narrative goes. Are they going to stick to what they started off saying, like, this is an awful thing? Are they going to, like, realize, no, this is a game changer? And so the idea of the Hard Fork series is to kind of claim that narrative and get something out there that's like, this is what it actually is. You know, this is important. And so that, yeah, it's going to be good. That's great. I'm so grateful for the drug dealers, though, because they adopted it. And if they hadn't adopted it, somebody needed to do adopt it as currency. So then now Absolutely. it's sort of, now sort of taken off and it's uh, it morphed into this own magical thing that we are, are dealing with today. And it's, well, uh, it's a fun space for sure. 
For sure. And I'm all for people being able to spend their money however they want to spend it. You know, just don't hurt people, don't take their stuff and leave people alone. Let them, yeah. let them do what they want. So, um, leave I... me alone. <laughs> Freedom. Uh-oh, here comes uh, the Braveheart reference. That's right. I'm sorry. Freedom. I can't, I can't do the accent, but I, you, you know, get the message. So I see your guitar sitting back there. Yeah. I'd love if you would regale us with a little of something. A little magical internet money song. Yeah. A little. <laughs> yeah, sing us magical internet money. <laughs> magical internet money. <laughs> you know it's not funny. No, it's not uh, funny. Yeah, don't get me to play the guitar because I'll just end up like strumming over the top of whatever we're talking about because I kind of get fidgety and addicted to playing. Well, if you ever, you know, if you listen to the show and decide, you know what, I actually kind of like this and feel like writing us a song, our feelings wouldn't be hurt. Yeah, right. You are a a bad crypto podcast uh, song. Yeah, a, yeah. a Bitcoin girl, bad crypto, little ditty would just mm-hmm. warm the cockles up. We're not good. It's not good. Not it's good. the bad crypto yeah. podcast. Sorry. Yeah. We're, we're doing our best, you guys. Just, and it'll you know. be a bad crypto podcast song as well. Yeah. It's yeah. not good. It's no, okay, though. Not good. The one, the only, Naomi Brockwell, Bitcoin girl, bitcoingirl.org, uh, BTG, right? Because that, that would be it, BTG, Bitcoin girl. B- um, uh, BCG. BCG. Well, I think I use like BTC girl because that's Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. We're glad Very that nice. You came on or, and- or the YouTube is youtube.com slash Naomi Brockwell TV. Naomi Brockwell doing awesome stuff, man. So thank you so much for coming on the show. We really, really appreciate it. We may have to have you on again when your show goes live. Sounds wonderful. I look forward to it. Wasn't she just a, a delight to speak with? You know what? I, I think she's my new favorite person. She's actually really hilarious and engaging. And so, you know what? We need we need more of that in, in the space. I mean, if you we've done deep analysis on, you know, crypto comments and conversations on Twitter, and it's 86% dudes. And so we need we need more women in blockchain. And I think there's, there's becoming more of a movement around that. And that is, that is so great to see. So we want to start uh, in interviewing some more uh, women in blockchain and, and, and chatting about that space. But that was just a phenomenal interview with Naomi. We do like to call them crypto chicks, though. And all y'all that are the crypto chicks of Bad Cryptopia, we love to hear from you. And as promised, we're now going to play the Bitcoin Girl song, which, of course, is a spoof on Billy Joel's Uptown Girl. And we're going to close the show with that and just tell you right now to stay bad.
Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.